Hi everyone and welcome to Tales from the Beat. I'm Ed Garston. Now this week, I'm thrilled to have on the podcast a former colleague on the Auto Beat and at the former Fiat Chrysler and a great friend. One of the finest automotive journalists there is, Dale Jewett. He's here to talk about everything from his journey from Iowa to the Motor City, journalism to corporate communications at what's now Stellantis, what's happening now in the news and PR, and of course, the auto industry. Hey, Dale, it's so good for you to be with us here on Tales from the Beat. Uh, What, I haven't seen you in, what, three weeks or something like that? (laughs) Yeah, we got together for the holidays, which was really nice because it had been few months before that and thanks thanks for inviting me ed it's it's an honor to sit here and chat with you for a while well there's no one else i'd rather talk to even though we don't have beers in front of us at least i i don't maybe you do uh hot chocolate (laughs) and a big pastrami sandwich from uh Mm. mm, but we can do this anyway right yep yes sir all right so we're going to talk about um you've had quite a journey from iowa if I'm not mistaken, to the Motor City and also to stuff in between. So, Dale, why don't you start with the, uh, and give the audience just a little bit of background and your sure. your sort of journey from Iowa to where you are today. Journey from Iowa, a small town in Iowa that uh, was a great place to grow up and be from. Um, and and I'm fortunate it it was the uh, the the place that it kind of inspired me to do journalism. Uh, I had a wonderful high school teacher who thoroughly believed in journalism, and taught me a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, you know, it, from Iowa, yeah, I wanted to see the world, uh, and and. To me, at the time, uh, the world was upstate New York. So I went to college at Syracuse University for oh. journalism. They had a really good journalism school that yeah. I actually experienced in, in a summer program and uh, relished the fact that, that I could be off on my own and, and explore the mm-hmm. world. I made some really good friends and, yeah. and, and learned a lot about life, you know, living on my own in upstate New York. Sure. They get a lot of snow. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it was in those era that that time that that really automotive journalism was was a goal of mine because I've always loved cars, always loved you know technology, uh-huh. um, but but I I didn't really you know wasn't connecting the dots. So so from graduation from school, I I actually went to, headed out west into central Arizona where I had some family to start with, and and uh, kind of uh, did the traditional you know get your feet in journalism so I worked for little newspapers like weekly newspapers yeah. where one day you're you're writing up last night's city council meeting and then you got to run over and check the police blotter you know yeah. check the police logs to see if anything yeah. happened and been there yep <laughs> and 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 the next day you know you've got to go talk to someone for, for a feature story and of course you've got to learn to shoot photography and and yeah. develop for time I mean this is this mm-hmm. the 80s you know you've got to you've got to do all of that right and and this this one newspaper was so small that that they were like, "Hey, your car works pretty good. Can you drive the pages over to the printing plant, you know, forty <laughs> miles away, and wait while they yes. print the papers and bring them all back?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Well, so, you know, yeah, okay. talk. I mean, it's it's talk about learning, you know, on the ground everything that that what it sure. takes to do a publication. And and then I I was fortunate and. and and got some good tutoring and, and got a tip to to take a job in Palm Springs, California mm. on the daily newspaper there in the latter half of the 80s, which which was really kind of cool because it's a it's a resort town. Everybody knows Palm Springs. But right. but, you know, when you live there, yeah. you, you realize it's a it's a 
big community. It's a large community of retirees. So it's a large community of people who've lived there their entire lives and care mm. a lot about that area. Yeah. Um, and you meet some really interesting people. A lot of big city things happen in this small town environment. Mm -hmm. um, and then a 6.0 earthquake hits in the middle of the night. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, that, that, I remember yeah. that vividly because I remember waking up. And there's all this noise and everything shaking. And, and I did the wrong thing. I was paralyzed. I didn't get out of bed. I didn't oh, get no. out of the house. I'm like, uh -oh. what the hell? Um, but I always nurtured this love or this real hard desire to be a, an automotive journalist. And, and in, in 1990 was, was lucky enough. I got an interview and got hired to be with automotive news, the, the leading wow. trade paper in the industry. Sure. Crazy enough that I, I, I went to my boss and said, I, I'm leaving to move to Detroit. <laughs> and, and a lot of people said, are, are you okay? Yeah. But I, I, I told him, I said, I really love the auto industry. And yeah. uh, I, you know, so I moved to Detroit in 1990 and I've, I've been here since. And, and mm -hmm. I, I feel I've been wonderfully blessed as a journalist throughout that time to uh, meet some really, really smart people, yeah. both in, in journalism as editors and, and coworkers, mm -hmm. and a lot of really smart people in the auto industry yeah. who always took the time to answer questions and, and, and be surrogate teachers to, to help understand how this thing works. Oh, sure. Um, and, and did a lot of that uh, well into the uh, 2013 or so. Yeah. Um, when the, the magazine I was working for at the time and, and now the internet era has, has come in and, mm -hmm. and, and things are changing and, you know, the magazine had to downsize. And so now I'm like, Oh, I need it. I need a, another job. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just so happens that uh, Chrysler at the time was looking for someone to join their digital yeah. media team because I happen to know the guy who, who was running <laughs> the team at that time, Ed. And and you, you Guilty. called me up and said, well, come out and talk to me. And I, I tried to explain to you because you're the digital guy. And I'm like, right. I, I'm a print guy. I, I have the perfect face for radio <laughs> and you're a video guy because I knew you from your CNN days. Yeah, and yeah. You, you still convinced me to come out and we talked for an hour and – and and you said I, I want to hire you, and and he's like you can write, and and I can yes. teach you the rest of the stuff. Yeah, sure. And well, that's how that happened. And then well, I, I continue to to work for uh, Stellantis today, yeah, the, the, yeah. what Chrysler has become. Right. And uh, you know, well, Dale. First of all, your reputation uh, far preceded you, but uh, hired you anyway. I mean, but we <laughs> the lucky uh, me. No, no, you are an esteemed member of the automotive press. Uh, we didn't really work together, but certainly aware of your talents and, and your history. And uh, we had the chance to uh, to bring you on board at whatever name the company was back then. What was it Fiat Chrysler at that point? I think we were uh, still technically Chrysler Corp. And then that rolled into Fiat Chrysler. Uh, something, yeah. I mean, it, it 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 changed more often. I mean, it's had more last names than Elizabeth Taylor. But um, <laughs> yeah, but no, it, of course. And you know, it's funny. I'm listening to your story, and I'm thinking, wow, our our lives sort of intersected much more than we thought. You yeah. went to school in Syracuse. I went to school in Oswego. Mm -hmm. which was, what, about 30 miles away. You talk about snow. We were right on Lake Ontario. but Yeah, you guys had a bad. Uh, us Jewish, we'd, we'd go down to Syracuse. We couldn't find enough Jewish girls in Oswego, so we'd go to the Hillel parties <laughs> in, in Syracuse and uh, <laughs> mooch their uh, knishes and latkes and see if yeah. we could get hooked up. Uh, and it was the good stuff because it was, it was yeah. all those wonderful uh, – Folks from you know who they came up from the city to go to yeah. school in Syracuse, yeah, and, that's and, then, and they'd all go home for the holidays. Absolutely, that's right. And I interned at Channel 
uh, five in Syracuse was WHEN at the time. Now I think it's something else, WTDH uh-huh. or something else. And you were in Arizona. I went to Arizona from yeah, upstate you're in New York and Tucson and uh, then Detroit. Now I'm cracking up when people uh, say you're going to move to Detroit. I got transferred up from Detroit from Atlanta at CNN and people kept joking, oh, you better bring an Uzi. Uh, <laughs> but, but all the people in Atlanta that had worked in Detroit and said, you're going to go there and you're going to love it. Don't listen to those jerks. And it's been, I don't know, 33 years for me, and uh, we love it up here. But, uh, yeah, it's funny how, uh, you know, our lives can can intersect like that and have similar experiences, and, and then, yeah. we make the, then we make the jump. So uh, you sort of told a little bit about, uh, okay, your publication folded, you needed a job, uh, but why... Why jump to corporate communications? People always joke, you know, writers go, oh, you're going, you're going to go to the dark side. Uh, <laughs> it, it, is a, it is a big job. I thought it was a big jump when I left journalism, too. I went to Chrysler from Detroit News, but mm-hmm. uh, it is a big decision. Why did why'd you do it? It is a big decision, and, and I thought about it. And at the time that, that you'd called and, and, and we talked, I mean, I, w- I was certainly working, you know, other contacts in other ways. I, you know, my first choice was was to to go to another, you know, car magazine. I, I, I really enjoyed that. You know, that was sort of my life goal in, high, yeah. you know, in high school when they tell you, well, you got to figure out something to do. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I really like cars. And back then I was reading all the car magazines and then, you know, the journalism thing. And, and you know, they said, well, you can write. And, and it dawned on me, hey. Someone will pay me to write about yes. cars. Yeah. How is that not an awesome thing to do? <laughs> right. And and so that I was really kind of trying to keep that going. And and then you called, but your call the, and the, the concept of it and, and my wife's urging of, hmm. you know, we have we have kids. You you really gotta yeah. have a job. <laughs> gotta have a job. Right. Right. So let's but, get into but 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 I was intrigued. I gotta I gotta say yeah. I, I was intrigued. For for two decades I, I had been, you know. On, on one side, you know, watching, observing the auto industry, commenting and learning from it. Mm-hmm. But but there's this other side, this being on the inside, you know, the seeing how the sausage is made right. part of it that that and, and, unless you choose to work inside a corporation, you do not yeah. get a look at. That's right. That's right. And that and that that that's a perfect segue in, into what I wanted to get into next was really to, to take on. I know how I felt, but I'm really curious how you felt when you're dealing with these big auto companies all these years and you're trying to 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 get, like you said, behind the scene, behind the wall, see how it really works and figure out what's really going on. And now you're behind that wall. Mm-hmm. How much different was it? Once you saw it from the other side of that wall, um, you know, it, 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 how much different is it? I, I tell you, to me, the, the, the biggest thing is, you know, people always bang on on large corporations and automakers about why does it take them so long to do things? But mm-hmm. I don't think most people have an understanding of, of the number of steps, you know, what it yeah. takes to actually get a product to market. Yeah. Um, the number of steps it actually takes just to make a small change to a product that's already on the market. Mm-hmm. People, people always say, Oh, you know, four years, how could it possibly take four years to do something, right. you know, in an interview, but only when you're on the inside and, and you see the level of detail and care and mm-hmm. process and testing and validation yes. that, that, 
everything has to go, particularly a product. I mean, you know, the automobile is probably the most regulated product in the mm -hmm. entire world. So yeah. even small changes are, are, are vetted to, to a, an incredible degree. I would say, you know, airplanes would probably be the only other mostly regulated yeah. thing, but, right. but yeah, it's not like some guy wakes up, you know, on a Monday morning and says, I got this great idea and, right. and we'll, we'll have it in production in a month. That maybe, yeah. you know, Apple can do that. Do they write some new software and stuff like mm -hmm. that? And yeah, maybe they make a change, but that just doesn't happen in, in the auto industry. That was probably the biggest sure. wake up thing for me, you know, getting an up close look. I know that that one thing that really struck me uh, pretty early on was how well some of the PR people, especially, uh, I guess, some of the newer ones, but even some that have been around there, what their true knowledge was of the news process about how a news story uh, is actually produced mm -hmm. and how, how editors decide and reporters decide on how a story is done. I was curious as to what your impressions were of uh, what the real knowledge is that if, if you could act having come from journalism as sort of a, an instructor in a way of guiding some of the PR people you were working alongside of now. Yeah. Um, and I, I've been really blessed because I, I work with a whole bunch of people today who who are very open to those kinds of discussions to to because they do think, you know, we're not just going to drop this you know news, this release in a vacuum and, and cross our fingers and, and, and see how people in the media are going to react. You you try and be say, well, OK, if we if we take this tack, what what would the, the reaction be? And. And I feel honored by them that they mm -hmm. say, hey, Dale, you know, you, you used to be a journalist. You used to do <laughs> yeah. this. Right. What do you think? Yeah. Um, you know, as as much as the inner workings of a car company are a mystery to most people and or most people who really don't care, mm -hmm. you know, they just want their car to work every single day. Thank you right. very much. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole news industry is, is, is another one of those dark art kind of things to to outsiders. Yes. Um, and actually, it's kind of a dark art to, you know, yeah. I, I mean, you rem I, I'm sure you remember the first, you know, when you've got into your first newsroom and you just, there's yeah. all this noise, you know, right. in the old days, it was always noisy in a newsroom because there were teletype machines in the yeah. corner. That's like six typewriters constantly typing right. at all the time. <laughs> and a lot of cigarette smoke. <laughs> and, and phones are ringing and people are walking through all the time. And, right. you know, and if things got busy, I mean, if news was breaking, mm -hmm. then then people started yelling at each other and, and, and throwing stuff. I mean, Right. And you had to learn how to Love tune it. out that background noise if mm -hmm. you were going to get your work done yes. before the deadline, For which, sure. was, which was everything. So, so yeah, th there are there are three dark arts in the world. You know, one is how a newsroom <laughs> yeah. works. Right. One is how an automatic transmission works. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think the third is social media is, mm -hmm. is definitely a dark art. So, so I, 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 you know, all I try to do is, is, use my journalism experience to say, Hey, you know, if, if this is what we were hoping people will do, yeah, we can at least try it this way. Sure. So on the other flip it, cause I, I know I learned, I, my eyes were open too. Did you, now you're on the other side, you're dealing with reporters and they're trying to get stuff from you. Mm -hmm. Did you find out anything about reporters that you might not have realized being on the PR side? <laughs> Um, 
you know, I, I think the, one of the most important things to remember, and, and I think, you know, as a, as a communications person, you have to be mindful of the fact that the vast majority of media you're going to interact with do not have the depth of knowledge about the subject matter that you do True. Um, day in and day out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, as a journalist, I was always thankful for someone who would take the time to make me smarter. Because yeah. as a journalist, I didn't want to write a half-assed story because, mm-hmm. I, you know, when, when you're published, you are exposed. Yeah. Um, as, as, a, as a product or as a communications person, you know, you don't want to assume that, that the, the, the media person understands exactly what's going on. And, and I really want to, you know, I, I take pains to try and coach them and help them and say, hey, mm-hmm. I want to paint the big picture for you here. I'm not I'm not swaying your article, but I want you yeah. to have the same broad vision right. that we have because mm-hmm. in, in 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 most industries, I mean very few things happen by accident. Things right. things things there there are reasons behind everything. Yeah. Well I, I mean I had a <laughs> I had some like I, I don't see it eye opening because anything can happen. But I had a guy, it's a TV reporter, report something that was completely wrong. Mm. So I called him up and said, "You're wrong." And he goes, "Well, my sources say." And I said, "Well, <laughs> honestly, I don't give a shit about your sources. I'm the I'm the company, and I'm telling you, you're wrong, and you need to either retract it or or take it back because it, it would have been harmful to the company." And he goes, "Well, I'm sticking to my sources," and would not do the correction or not do. Mm. Uh, and went to the news direct news direct didn't care either. Um, and I'm thinking, wow, okay. Um, didn't, didn't really expect that. Uh, right. So, so that was a little eye opening. but no, I mean, majority of the reporters you talk to, especially beat reporters, they know what they're doing. They, they study the subject. And they well, they get up to speed pretty quickly. I yeah. mean, if they're going to last on the beat, they get up to speed pretty quickly. Otherwise, yeah. they'll, they'll they'll find something else. And and that's kind of interesting because you know your your past includes a, a stint at the Associated Press. Yes. Um, which to me, you know, growing up would be I think the ultimate training ground because as an AP reporter, while you mm. might have a beat, you're you're liable to get tossed any story at any yeah. time, and and the AP expects you to be just as good with this subject matter as you are with your daily uh, subject matter absolutely absolutely i mean i think if <laughs> i was on duty when uh, when 9 11 occurred yeah and uh, i certainly didn't write about cars that day uh, no uh, i was at the not. airport <laughs> dispatched to the airport so before we run out of time we'll talk about just a, a couple of other things one more thing sort of about How can we about a time already <laughs> well because uh because well, Zoom is going to cut me <laughs> off after uh, after a certain amount of time. Oh, sorry. So that's just the way it goes. But um, there's just a couple of a couple of other things. Uh, just one more thing about sort of the industry. And then I talk about cars for a few yeah. minutes. Is you know, sadly, we're our industry. Uh, we're losing a lot of journalists. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think it was amazing the editor of the Free Press laying himself off. Yeah. To, uh, to free up money to keep reporters on duty. Uh, so now from from sort of your perch in, in a corporate communications newsroom, and it is a newsroom because you mm-hmm. are producing news, uh, what are you seeing now uh, as far as... <laughs> What, what what's changed what's changed in news where where fewer what I'll call classic classically trained journalists 
giving way to the losing their jobs and more of the internet sort of new service where people may be coming uh, from other walks of life. What are you seeing in terms of uh, the accuracy and depth of coverage? Uh, I don't want to be specific to <laughs> Stellantis uh, because no. you, need to, you need to walk your line, but just in the, the industry in general, as far as uh, accuracy and, and, and perspective, given now the, the broad swath of people who uh, like to say that they're journalists right now. Well, I, I'm happy to say that from personal experience, a large number of journalists that, that I've worked with and that I've met and that I interact with on a daily basis, our accuracy still is very important to them. Mm -hmm. um, and I find that gratifying. Um, yes. And, and you know, you run across some who, who again, aren't, aren't really skilled, but but most of them that I've run across with are, are, are willing to at least discuss and, and willing to learn. Mm -hmm. the, I think the tough part of the internet, for lack of a better, social media, it's turned everybody into wire reporters. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody, they just want to, you know, and, and Bloomberg, while well, Bloomberg has refined wire reporter, but everybody has this yeah. sort of, oh, I've got to do something now. I've got to just puke it right out and then <laughs> I've got to move on. Mm -hmm. That is the downside of smaller newsrooms is, you know, beat yeah. reporters now have three times the work and and that which means each individual story gets you know a third only a third of their attention anymore right yeah um so at, as a communications person i mean i think that puts the onus on me and 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 else to be to make sure that that our communications are are as as sharp and direct uh as possibly can be because i'm going to help the re if i'm helping the reporter in that manner then then he's going to be thankful i mean he's going to be he or she's going to be thankful but they're going to be able to do their work more efficiently, which is going to be a benefit to everybody. Um, there are some people out there who will play the game merely for numbers and hits and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And and there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. Um, other than, yeah, if, if they were egregiously wrong and mm -hmm. then you need to point out, Hey, you're factually wrong. Right. Um, if, if, if you know you can state your opinion all you want i, I can't do anything about it but but mm. you can get the facts right and if you can't yeah. get the facts right and you can't correct them I, I i'm not sure how much time i have for you right you know it, it, what you say is so so true now i write freelance for forbes.com and it's a whole new world i mean i'm an old guy and i'm used to the way things used to be but you have to learn of course and, and update your skills and uh, now everything is is all SEO. Everything is 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 Google search. When you write a headline, you have to write the cute wordplay doesn't make it anymore because Google mm -hmm. doesn't understand wordplay. You have to use keywords and, and find out what people are searching for when yep. you're creating your headline and make sure a word from your headline is in the first two sentences. And and it's a, it's a whole different way of doing business. But you know, hey, time moves on. You can't do things the old way and. Uh, uh, I mean, you know, I worked at CNN when there wasn't any internet, and people, oh, those were the good old days. Well, I mean, you know, horses were nice too in their time, but you know, we we, yeah. found, we found a better way to get around. Honestly, you have yeah. to adapt. All right, yeah. I, I'm an old school guy like you. I love reading. You know, I got in one of the things I loved about journalism was the AP wire because you can yeah. sit there and watch it all day long. Right. But to me. Twitter is kind of like the AP wire. Yeah, it's just sure. a series of headline flashes, if, especially right. if you filter out all the other garbage. Yeah. Um, but I still love to read. But today, 
Mm-hmm. I, c- I consume a ton of my reading on an electronic screen versus right. having newsprint in, mm-hmm. in my hands. Yeah. I, I don't feel any different in terms of I'm gathering the information and knowledge that I need. It's just a different format. Sure, sure. So let's talk cars. You're a, you're a product communications person. Did I have, is that right? Is that what you, what's your real uh, title? So these days I, you know, I do technical communications. Mm -hmm. I I work on a group. So, you know, the propulsion systems, engineering software, the technical stuff, the, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, all the stuff that was uh, under the spotlight at CES recently. Um, And then I also happen to help a role with uh, some global communications, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'm what they would call a gearhead. A gearhead. And so, well, I mean, we're, we're running out of gears pretty soon, right? The cars are computers now. Well, cars uh, are computers, but you yeah. know, you know, electric motors and, and if you want to maximize, if you want to maximize or in, enhance the range of an electric motor, then, then the use of a gear or two is not a bad yeah. thing. Well, that that's true. So what, what's most exciting to you? What's the, uh, what, what's the most exciting development in autos to you? Are you just going to say EV or is there something more to that? I well, I think the tr- the transition to electric propulsion is probably the most exciting, the most mm-hmm. uh, it's the biggest change you or I have seen, uh, really since uh, you know modern cars at the end of World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's completely going to change the whole paradigm of yeah. you know the way we drive, how we think about driving, and the way we think about refueling. Um, but it's not going to switch overnight and, and yeah. internal combustion cars are going to be with us for a very long time. And, yeah. and, and, you know, this transition, there's going to be a mixture of the two on the road for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then some, in some cases, you know, you, you mix the two together for plug-in hybrids, which I think right. most people today, if they took a look at their driving situation mm-hmm. would realize a plug-in hybrid by, by far would be the best choice for their, their transportation. Yes. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. Well, I think my next vehicle—that's definitely going to be a hybrid. It makes it makes sense. You've got the best of both worlds, and uh, takes away range anxiety. You yep. need to fill up. You can fill up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was joking with my wife today. I said, you know, I'm going to be talking with Dale, and he's a car guy. And we say about car guys and gals. Uh-huh. Oh, they've got they've got gasoline running through their veins. I said, what are we what are we going to say is running through their veins? Uh, if, if they're all about EVs and, and the hybrids, are they going to have a what electron? What are they going to have running through their veins? Electrons? Uh, probably Mountain Dew. <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> Anything to keep us going, right? That's right. Better for you than that Red Bull stuff, I guess. I don't know. I don't drink Red Bull. It's been a I long don't. time since I've had Mountain Dew. Um, I don't either. I don't either. News guy, you got to drink black coffee or something with caffeine. <laughs> something with caffeine in it. Well, I have to say, I saw, I got to look at that uh, Ram Revolution at CES, and that's, uh, it does look like a revolution. Uh, uh, but- you know, it, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. for for car designers to absolutely pretty much tear up every yeah. rule except you have to have four wheels and, yeah. and that's not necessarily a hard and fast rule but, mm-hmm. but to be able to other than that to, to to wipe the paper clean and say let's just do whatever we want because now yeah. we don't really have to make room for an internal combustion engine up front right. or in the back or wherever you want to i mean it's it's got to be liberating Got to be, got to be. And speaking of, so that was introduced at CES. So last thing, uh, there's been a lot about auto shows. Is CES now become almost the most important auto show or just another one? Or auto shows even important I think, anymore? I think CES is the most important international auto show 
going forward because wow. I, I I don't think there's any other international auto show that that really is going to collect the amount of attention that that one does. <laughs> you know, the Geneva show was gone. That used to be the the neutral show for Europe every, every spring. Yeah. And you know, and the the Paris show and the Frankfurt Motor Show, they 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 really become rather regional. Same with Los Angeles and and New York and in Detroit here and. And and part of it is cost. I mean, it is massively expensive to, mm-hmm. to put those things on. Yeah. Um, and and the other advantage I think of CES is, you know, it, it's not just an auto show. It's 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 a much broader swath, which actually supports a show of 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 that gravitas or size. Yeah. But you you know, you have so many so many parts of of product coming together and intersecting with each other that that i, I mean to me it's natural that car makers are going to go to ces because today it's it's all about you know software defined vehicles we're we're thinking now and we're looking at ways that says hey mm-hmm. you know the basic platform of your car should last a long time and you should be yes. able to upgrade it easily over the years yeah um yes. and i don't know where else is a natural spot for you to talk about those kinds of things with everybody in one spot Absolutely. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a cool, cool show. Um, and, you know, change is good. And right. Isn't that what the auto industry is all about? That's what makes it so much fun to cover. Oh, yeah. Is, is that it's a, a sea of constant, constant cha- change. And it affects really everybody's lives. I mean, <laughs> almost everybody's got one. You got to get somewhere. Constant gotta... change. All I got to do, you know. So last year I was really fortunate. My wife spoiled me. Uh, you know, I, I, you know me. I'm a sports car fan, and she actually yeah. bought me a a, a mid '70s Chevrolet Corvette, which was wow. a real, real yeah. milestone car awesome. in my life growing up. Yeah, but, yeah. But you know, I go and I sit in that car, or I tinker with mm-hmm. it, and I mess with it. You know, and it's just, it's just got a battery and some wires and a lot of mechanical systems. It's, it's definitely OBD yeah. like minus three. Wow. Um, and and then I go and I jump in today my car today and it, you know it has remote start yeah. and 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 an adjustable air suspension and heated seats and steering mm. wheel and boy aren't those just the greatest thing I mean, you know, they're just miles and miles apart but they kind of serve the same purpose I mean they're yeah, both transportation right um it's 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 cool to jump back and forth between the two um yeah. for its day that 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 seventy six Corvette was yeah. was the thing and Very and it, nice. And it's pretty fun to drive around. There's no doubt about it. Very, but, very nice. Very, very nice. Well, Dale, I'm going to let you go. I know you're a working guy. Oh, uh, thanks, Ed. You are too. Well, not, not as hard as you. Uh, but, uh, but you're a hardworking guy. But no, it's just always so great to talk with you. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with thanks, us Ed. here in this week's Tales from the Beat. Thanks a lot, Dale. My pleasure. So much fun always to spend time with Dale Jewett, journalist turned propulsion and technology communication specialist at automaker Stellantis. Thank you all so much for listening to Tales from the Beat. If you love it, boy, please spread the word. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. I'll be back next week with more Tales from the Beat. I'm Ed Garston. Take care.